Hello and welcome to Georgia's Poetry Workshop. I hope you had a great week and read and wrote a whole ton of poetry. Today I am recording in the evening. I usually record in the morning, so yeah, it might be quite a mellow, <laughs> a more mellow podcast today. So if you are a late night writer, this might be one for you. I'm going to kick off by talking about the poem that won the National Poetry Competition. I love reading this poem, the winning poem, every year because it's always amazing, particularly as it's chosen this year out of 17,800 poems, which is pretty incredible. It is such a striking and emotive piece, and the judges describe it as remarkable. They've said, it is a poem of beauty, wit and grace. Here we go. My dead father's general store in the middle of a desert by Lee Stockdale. It has gas pumps with red horses and wings, but is not merely a gas station. Your father is not my father, standing over me with a clipboard, checking off things done and left undone. He seems happy at this last stop before death for those living, before life for those not yet born, where his general store deals in flour, sugar, pieces of hacked meat or liver, reddish-purple, a heart he wraps in brown paper. He cuts my hair beneath the tin awning. I must have gotten here from one direction or other on the road that stretches horizon to horizon, the desert heat shimmering my eyes into pools. I crawled in on my hands and knees. He handed me an ice-cold orange nehi drink. It's pure coincidence that this store is my father's. I ask him where all this stuff comes from, as no trucks travel this road to replenish merchandise no one buys. He doesn't like questions that challenge his existence. I become quiet, he's cutting my hair, and might consciously or unconsciously make me look bad. We're doing a great job out here, I say, which he knows is bullshit. How many fathers, even if they're dead, set up a general store in a desert. I persist. You keep the shelves stocked, floor broomed, bathroom clean. The more I talk, the more I encourage myself to love him for the trouble he went to, making all this seem real, with cans of various sized nails, beans, rice, shelves of liquor, deli section with giant pickles. I begin to see what a dear, sweet man he is, is this because he is dead? I wish he were alive again. I don't think he killed himself to be mean to me personally. At night, he says, howling coyotes come down from the mountains and leave notes, Bible verses, threatening messages, love letters. Everything a coyote wants to get off its chest. I ask if they come every night, he says, without fail. I think this poem will resonate with quite a lot of people who have experienced grief and who are, I suppose, negotiating the relationship they have with the person who has died. I know that's what I 
felt and, and thought about when I first read this poem. I love the what I think is so clever about this piece is that this difficult emotion is situated in a specific place and I've spent a lot of time trying to write about grief myself and reading this makes me realize that grief can be something that seems so abstract it's difficult to write about and so perhaps situating it somewhere very specific is a way of writing about it. And so this poem reminded me of this great essay. It's in Why I Write Poetry, which is edited by Ian Humphreys and published by Nine Arches Press. And the essay is by Hafsa Anila Bashir. I have only my pen, my voice and my heart on writing to bear witness. That's the title of the essay. And, and Bashir writes, Poetry, for me, has been an archiving of sorts, a vault that houses the emotional truth of memory, one where the past, present and future can collapse into a solitary poem, enabling me to voice my own experiences and also dive into the stories of others. It's that phrase, a vault that houses the emotional truth of memory. And sometimes you can't write about a memory itself, but you can write about the emotional truth of that. And so that's something that I want to focus on today is how do we ground an emotion that can be quite a struggle to think about. I'd like to read another poem now by Salima Hill, who I absolutely love, from her collection Violet. And I love this collection too because it was given to me as a gift, which is always nice. Again, this one's about grief. Um, I will do a podcast on grief, actually, at some point. Um, but what I'd like us to think about here, I suppose, is that idea of putting that emotion in a place. The night my mother died, I dreamt of sailors. I dreamt of sailors sailing past an island and being startled by the sound of paws scraping inconsolably on concrete as animals that used to live in luxury in special villas cooled by giant flowers find themselves abandoned by their keepers and having to survive on dry roots. So this feeling of a sense of grief and perhaps shock is situated in a dream and this feeling of abandonment is placed within it as part of this kind of dreamscape that involves very specific images. The sailors on the sea, the island, the sound of paws on concrete. So something very abstract like a dream and like the feeling of abandonment and grief is placed very specifically on the ocean next to an island. Another poem that features this grounding of an emotion within a place is in Tara Bergen's collection Savage Tales 
And what's amazing about this collection is that the titles of the poems come at the end and feel like a punchline. Here's the piece. When leaving for breakfast in the morning, I saw a small amount of hope had been left just outside my door. I took it downstairs to the receptionist. I didn't order this. Room service. So room service is the title. I'll read it one more time. When leaving for breakfast in the morning, I saw a small amount of hope had been left just outside my door. I took it downstairs to the receptionist. I didn't order this. Room service. I like reading the poems twice because I think they're, I read them in different ways each time, which is quite interesting, isn't it? Um, so again, we've got this sense of someone rejecting her sense of hope. So feeling hopeless through an idea of a hotel, grounding it within a hotel and the experience of room service, which I think is really brilliant. The final poem that I'd like us to think about before we move on to the prompt, and you can probably guess what the final prompt is going to be this week, um, but it's always worth hearing, hearing the poems beforehand. This one is from an anthology called Islands Are But Mountains, and... I'm going to read a palindrome by Leo Boy, I think it's pronounced, B-O-I-X. A palindrome is a also known as a mirror poem. So the first stanza is reflected down the page to create the second stanza. You, you'll be able to hear it as I read it, I think. This is called My Mother on a Diving Board. A leap away from becoming ghost, she stood erect, her floral bathing suit, sugared marigolds, a petal cap. She knew it wouldn't last. Salta, mama, jump. Her red blotched arms in precise positions, her weak body giving way, slowly going forward. Below her, a mirror reflected forward, Below her, a mirror reflected her weak body giving way, slowly going. Her red blotched arms in precise positions. It wouldn't last. Salta mama, jump. Sugared marigolds, a petal cap. She knew, she stood erect. Her floral bathing suit, a leap away from becoming ghost. So we get this sense that the mother is going through something, some kind of physical difficulty, um, some kind of physical weakness, perhaps um, close to death. And we get that sense of grief again in this piece, or the sense of anxious, anxiety about, about the welfare of a relative. And it's so beautifully done with this kind of mirroring technique, with the palindrome. And so the analogy of a diving board works to kind of convey that that fear, but it also having a pool beneath also creates that sense of a mirror. And so the form actually reflects the concept 
which is just such a fantastic way of writing a poem. So we are now at the point in the podcast where we have a little break for free writing. Now, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, free writing is when you have the opportunity to pause the podcast for seven to 10 minutes and just have a go at writing anything that comes to mind down on the page. Now, I offer a prompt to get you started. You can use it, but you don't have to. Today's prompt is microphone, microphone. So see where that takes you. I'm going to ring the bells to signal the pause and feel free to pause it when you hear the bells. Come back after your free writing to hear the final prompt. Welcome back to George's Poetry Workshop. At this point in the podcast, I always take the opportunity to ask you that if you're finding this workshop useful and you're enjoying the podcast, to consider donating the equivalent of a cup of coffee to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash George's Poetry Workshop. Your monetary donation really helps me because it enables me to keep creating the podcast and dedicate more time to it. It also allows me to keep making my art and you also are paying for somebody else to have a workshop that they might not otherwise be able to access or afford. So thank you very much in advance for any support you can give. So the final prompt today is based around what you've been hearing today and that is to take an emotion and situate it, to put it in a place. It can be any emotion, I know we focus today very much on quite despairing emotions such as grief and abandonment and hopelessness and fear. What's What I think is really wonderful about that is that I think those are probably the hardest emotions to write about or write about authentically because they feel so much more difficult to experience let alone write. So feel free to go for one of those or if you're in a more joyous mood please do have a go at writing a poem that is perhaps about peacefulness or excitement, some kind of thrill or hope and love. So you might put love in the middle of a field or in a treehouse or you might put loneliness in the middle of a shopping mall or supermarket or in a cupboard. It's up to you where you place these emotions, but see how that sense of place impacts your work. And it might be quite interesting, actually, to try the emotion in lots of different places and see what comes out of that. As always, it would be fantastic to hear what you think of the podcast and to 
see some of the work that you create from the workshops you can find me on twitter at gc the writer or on patreon patreon.com forward slash george's poetry workshop thank you very much for joining me for another workshop and i look forward to seeing you next week thanks again to portamento for creating the music see you next time <laughs>